Chiefs with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on injured reserve. Who is the Kansas City Chief wide receiver not named Juju Smith-Schuster that you need to start in Week 10? And is one NFC East running back all of a sudden every week fantasy relevant once again? Plus the 15th place team owner in the FFPC main event, John Donatio hops aboard uh, to talk about his approach to Josh Allen this weekend, why he's benching Michael Pittman in his 15th place team, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Stand the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. Bring in my co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, in just one minute. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to give you our advice and a pair of sleeper tight ends for those of you scrambling uh, who have Mark Andrews on by, uh, as well as what to do with Allen Robinson in week 10 too, plus the 15th place team owner in the FFPC main event, John Donatio will join us to talk about Traylon Burks uh, impending return, whether Najee Harris needs to find his way on your bench this week and much more. Uh, if you uh, want to connect with us, you can do so at Twitter at HSFF hour. I am at Eric Balkman and always check out Farrell's Kentucky fantasy football state championship at KFFSC.com as well. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash uh hsff hour and you can also email the show at high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com if you have any questions for us send them in now we'll try to get to all the questions all the tweets all the facebook posts all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show thanks to our audio engineer my best friend bryce and of course our producer and mutual friend rob want to remind you that the ffpc weekly challenge week 10 is filling up no draft no salary cap just choose your 10 players or your 12 players if you want to play in the classic format with kickers and defenses. Obviously, the 10 players is without um, only one player per team. Uh, so you can only if you pick uh, this weekend, if you if you pick Alan Lazard, you can't pick Aaron Rodgers. Um, for those of you maybe going for a hyper contrarian uh, approach, um, $35 will get you in. You can also play um, for uh, with a $200 entry fee as well. In fact, you could play against nine other people. Uh, for 200 bucks and then the winner of that will get into the uh, ffpc main event for free next year yeah that's right you're playing for an ffpc main event entry and all you have to do is beat out nine other people it's a simple easy game uh you can do that at myffpc.com check out the rotoviz high stakes lowdown that we did this past week with steven ranigan a guy who is in third place in the football guys players championship a guy who's cashed at least three national championship grand prizes in the last i don't know six years something like that so had a great uh opportunity to sit down and talk with him rotaviz.com podcast uh or just check out the ffpc youtube channel that you're watching right now um and uh, you can get it there remember to like subscribe comment share and get notified um of all the impending videos coming up and by the way we'll 
there's a lot of them coming up next week. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we will get into Farrell Elliott right now. Welcome in the definitive commish of fantasy football. Good Friday evening to you, man. Buddy, what a great lead in. What wonderful information you're giving. I would love to win one of those. I would love to enter a team on Sunday morning and realize that on Sunday night, I have won an entry into the main event. That's good stuff. I might have to get involved with that. I was thinking, you know, while I was backstage here where only the hosts can see me, and I was kind of head bopping my way uh, around uh, our quad holler song. And, you know, I'm glad only you could see me because I look pretty stupid doing this. <laughs> I, can you... Can anybody not bop their head to that song? It's great. Oh, that song barely made the album. And, you know, it's, it's Shadwick's uh, life prior to The Quiet Hollers was that of, of pretty much a front man for a punk rock band. And that has that song has elements of punk to it. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, and I love it. And it's a fan favorite. So good. Yeah. But I, I look very I look like a bobblehead with the. With, with, I look like a, if you combined a Q-tip and a bobblehead, and it's not a good look. So. <laughs> uh, by the way, Easter egg on that song. If you want to go into YouTube and check out the video, <laughs> by the Quiet Hollers, you might see a cameo by somebody who is on this show tonight. Uh, always good stuff. It brings a smile to my face every time it comes up in my YouTube feed. Um, Fantasy Flash, let's get into it uh, tonight. We'll kick things off with Ezekiel Elliott who is listed as questionable for Sunday's game uh, against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, of which I will be in attendance for. Very excited about that. Um, it, it sounds like he's going to go, Farrell. Um, the question is, how much is he going to handle? And and knowing how the Cowboys have used him in the past, knowing um, how successful Tony Pollard has been this season, if you have Elliott on your team, are you nervous about starting him as, as one of your flex options based on a presumed maybe lesser than normal workload? I am not. Um, I love having. I love my rosters where I have both these players available. Mm -hmm. It gives so many great options uh, during the bye week. Uh, you know, we were beaten down because I believe, Balky, that you were edging a little closer to me in the appreciation of Ezekiel in midsummer, and then Dave Turp and. Uh, Armand Armani came on and just blew us up, you know, but then I realized they're from Philly mm. and they're going to blow up anything they can. But you know, in deference to them, you know, we're at the midway mark. Ezekiel, who what I love about him is he catches balls and he plays hurt. Recently, he's missed a game because he's hurt and he hasn't caught any balls, only six catches this year. Um but what we do have in the Cowboys, unlike most teams in the NFL, the Cowboys, when they say they come out and tell us what they're going to do and that he's going to be a, a huge element of, of their team. And it is, you know, we expect him around the goal line to do so. He has four rushing TDs this year. Um, I think Pollard works better with Elliott on the field. I think Pollard is a change of pace running back. As you know, everyone knows who listens to the show, my appreciation of Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson flashes brilliantly when he is not the main piece. It's always more difficult to, to, to be the guy than it is to con contribute to the other guy. I think that's what we see with Pollard. I'm really, you know, both of them get a good matchup this week against a defense that has, has lost some of its, uh, 
revolutionary will to win, Balky, is how I would say that. So there's my take on it. Um, I'm going to play Ezekiel if he's going to play, unless I have something that I can really count on that I know is a lot better. And I think the other thing we have to look at um, when when we're talking about this, like we're talking about it in a vacuum, but obviously fantasy football not played in a vacuum. And uh, it is played this week uh, on a week where you have several teams on by once again. You will not have Michael Carter. You will not have Ramondre Stevenson. No Joe Mixon. Kenyon Drake, who obviously had the big, big game last week. He's out of action because of by you may not have the opportunity to, to have the luxury to sit Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I would be a little bit nervous if he was my second running back. However, if I was playing in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event, I have no problem putting him in as one of my flexes. I, I think he'll return good value on that too. Now, Bulky, there'll be more people that play Drake on a bye week this week based on what he did. He actually played him last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you could very well be right on that. Um, make sure you're still setting lineups, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Make sure you're doing it. Um, Raiders, what the hell, man? Uh, in a span of about three hours, uh, I think it was Thursday, Hunter Renfro goes on injured reserve with an oblique injury. And this is after Darren Waller, like almost right after Darren Waller gets placed uh, on injured reserve. Now, Renfro, it's not like he was crushing it, but obviously I was excited for, I don't have a whole lot of Renfro, but I was excited for my teams when I saw Waller went on IR. Um, I was like, okay, now Renfro bumping up in production. He's probably the number number two receiver on this team now behind Devontae Adams, or number two pass catcher. And uh, it was very short-lived. So now the question is, as we move forward here into week 10 and really beyond, what are our feelings on the rest of the uh, pass catchers in, in Oakland, or in Las Vegas, yeah. beg your pardon. So, so I will I will say this. Foster Moreau this week to me in the in the main event in the football guys league, I think he's kind of a fringe flex. I, I would, I would definitely would not start him as my tight end. But I think, you know, I think it's had like at least like eighteen or nineteen targets over the last three weeks. So Derek Carr is looking at him at least. But um, it, as you point out, Farrell, targets are worth nothing in fantasy, and he hasn't exactly been turning it into fantasy goodness. Um, so like a fringe flex for me. Matt Collins is more interesting to me because when when um, the Raiders were down pass catchers earlier this year. Uh, Matt Collins went ham. He was awesome. And and I would look at Hollins as, again, I, I, I think you can sneak him in uh, as a flex this week. The um, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, this week at home against the lowly Indianapolis, now Jeff Saturday-led, Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I, I, I think Hollins, I think you could sneak in as a flex. Moreau, maybe, but I, I'm a little bit nervous, more nervous about him. I think Moreau last week was about six points. I had naturally hung on to him all year. I had to get an extra defense, so I put him on the waiver wire only to learn that he is now the starting tight end. And I think he does have value as a starting tight end. And Balky, yes, a, a flex when you need it, um, it could be the guy. Mac Hollins, I'm a big fan of. But, mm-hmm. you know, Mac Hollins has had difficulty getting on the field. His He's been largely a special teams player, a big contributor, good in the locker room, guys like him, he's loose. Uh He's a good football player, but he's yet to ever eclipse that as a starting football player. And I think that Kansas City game most recently was a reason why. You know, he starts the game with a 60-yard pass downfield that bounces off his chest plate. It was, you know, it was an athletic catch, but that's what he's there for. He's an athlete. He was wide open. He got separation in the end zone, four yards, running a uh, 
laterally across the goal line, and he got tangled up in his own feet and fell down. And I Carr either threw an incomplete or an interception. My point is that uh, we get a mixed bag with Hollins, and and yes, he's he's given us a thirty point fantasy performance this year. But if you've tried to lean into that, you're probably now averaging about eight or nine if you continue to play him. I will um, bargain hunters who find themselves an issue might wish to take a look at Keelan Cole. Mm. Uh, Keelan Cole is uh, buried on the Raiders depth chart, but a very good player, respected player in the league, uh, caught 55 passes as recently as 2020 with the Jags and is the pride of Louisville, Kentucky. So let's give him a chance. Uh, He's a long strider, runs good crisp routes out of the slot position and will give, uh, uh, will give a target to Carr a dependable target who his, his car has been lacking those this year. But, yes, it's rough. It's difficult to imagine a game plan. And could could two teams collide on the schedule, Balky, that are more dysfunctional as to what we thought they would be than these two this weekend? And, uh, yeah. Forty and a half is the total on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders four and a half point favorites at this moment. Yeah, very very interesting. That's it. Uh, it, 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 it and it, you know, last night's game I believe was forty and a half too. And how many points were scored? Uh, one like thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I think forty-one, maybe. I don't know. Forty. Ask well, Young Hoku. He's still trying to figure out. Never mind. But yeah, <laughs> the the. Uh, I think they put 40 and a half in Vegas when they really don't know. They said they scratch their heads. Yeah, 40 and a half. <laughs> it could work. It definitely could work. Farrell, now I I'm I'm I caught up on it um the, uh, today, but did you see the first episode of Hard Knocks uh in season with the Arizona football cardinals? I did not. Okay. Um, but I would love to hear your review of it. So, yeah, so just a, a, a few things I want to touch on. Um, this was a heavy Cliff Kingsbury episode. Um, looked at him not only as, as a high school player, college player, but college coach. And and um, so we got a lot of the backstory. I got kind of a mini tour of that awesome house that he's got in the desert. That was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, Buda Baker, uh, hard not to root for that guy. Really the, the type of player that you love seeing on the field. Um, but the interesting thing I wanted to bring up, and there's some DeAndre Hopkins stuff on there too, um, but Kyler Murray, um, we knew he was battling this hamstring issue, but you actually get to see him in the game complaining about, yeah, my hamstring's tight. And then he, he fumbled in that Seahawks game late. Uh, he said he couldn't open it up. And I wonder if the ha- if he was thinking about the hamstring and that's why the ball was be able to be plucked away on that first down run he had late. And he was limping around. He was talking about his hamstring after the game. Sure. And and now we find out today that Cliff Kingsbury is calling Kyler Murray a game-time decision here uh, against the Rams in Week 10. Uh, he did practice today, so that's good. And you would say, okay, well, Balky, it sounds like he's probably going to play. Well, yes, he probably will. But, Farrell, it's a 425 game, and these are always tricky <laughs> for game-time decisions, right? So not yeah. only do you have to kind of figure out what you're doing. Like, I have one league where I have in uh, Kentucky, actually, where my two quarterbacks are Tom Brady and Kyler Murray. I'm not messing around with it. I'm no. playing Brady uh, and um, uh, just a PSA, 9.30 a.m. kickoff from Munich, Germany, between the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. Get those lineups in early. But I'm playing Brady in that game. I'm not messing around with it. And, and I, I don't really know if this should really affect the way that we handle 
players like DeAndre Hopkins or James Conner or, or anybody like that. Uh, definitely not Zach Ertz. But does this injury affect the way that not only you're operating with Kyler Murray, but maybe a guy like Rondell Moore? Oh, definitely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play more this week. I yes. You take a player. Any quarterback's going to have difficulty planting and throwing um, with this type of injury. You add the aspect of uh, the scramble game mm-hmm. uh, that and the variety of things that um, the quarterback does here to extend the play, and it becomes a real big problem. Extending the play is usually when he hits Hurts. So I, I see it being a problem for Hurts as well. Um, yeah. If there is another option at quarterback, go to it, and that that's league wide because it, you you don't know if he tries to play and can't play. That's the biggest disaster for you. Mm-hmm. You can't um, you cannot afford to take a zero. At, at yeah, yeah. It it I, I almost would rather. Yeah, that's just it's it's just bad business and it's unfortunate. And you know what? The Rams really needed to catch a break, and this might be it. Yeah. So. Um. We have uh, John Donatio, the 15th uh, place team in the FFPC main event, hanging out in the green room, snacking and drinking some bottled water. We're going to bring him out here shortly. But in the meantime, the last thing I want to bring up, Nicole Hardman didn't practice. Uh, I I believe he did not practice again today. Um, Abdominal soreness is what he's uh, officially listed at. And Hardman, as much as I've ripped on this guy, uh, 13 passes for 153 yards and three touchdowns over the last three games. For Kansas City, he had eight targets in in the win over. Uh, beg your pardon, nine targets in the win over the Titans. He caught six of them for seventy nine yards and a touchdown. With no Hardman, Farrell, is it as simple to say, okay, I'll play Kelsey and Juju Smith Schuster. I'm not messing around with anybody else. Would you want to be in business with Kadarius Tony as a second flex in the Football Guys Players Championship this week? I started him last week and it was a great start, and then and, you know he disappeared. Uh, there's there's so many receivers in this offense that the name brands seem to be what you want to stick with. Uh, and however, Hardman was becoming a name brand. He is a player that my uh, dear friend and, and great fantasy player, uh, Rob Fetcher here in Kentucky. Fetcher always has been a Hardman fan. And, and with the, with the trade of Hill, uh, when Hill moved out, uh, the player most logically to benefit, from that was Hardman, and it's it's interesting to me that we're seeing that come at this point in the season. But I think the rest of the way, uh, Hardman is going to be a contributor to fantasy lineups. I think he's going to do very well, and we're going to see we're going to see receivers um, the ball pepper to receivers that Mahomes can count on better. Okay, can count on. Um, yeah, the, his go-to guys. I think we're going to see Mahomes. Uh, lock in on some of those guys uh, as we move into the part of the season uh, that that we're seeing now. So, yeah. I, and I think, too, I mean, it, it, what the KISS method, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to pile up wins. You're trying to pile up points. Um, do you? Is it worth taking the risk uh, of Kadarius Toney uh, this week or, or players like Kadarius Toney? Um, maybe it is considering your team, and I think you have to consider um, – you know, because each 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 incident is unique and you, you can't, you know, one lump piece of advice on Tony does not fit all. So I think if, if you are looking for some kind of extra punch, some kind of, of, of potential upside, Tony could be your guy. But I, I think um, more often than not, when we make decisions like this, hoping that this guy hits, 
he does not hit. And, I, I, you know, I tried it last week and I was not rewarded and I had very little and I wasn't going to go to the waiver wire and try to find someone to improve on Tony. But yes, and, and man, the best ballers have to be thrilled though. When, mm-hmm. when they drafted Tony, they had high hopes for him. And then the draft comes and Robinson goes there and everything they've been through. But what, what a quickening pulse rate they must have had as when, uh, when Tony goes to Kansas City. And he's going to have a big game. Before it's over, he's going to have a two-touchdown game, catch a lot of balls, run for a lot of yards. So it sure the hell is a difficult thing to figure out when that's going to be yeah. and start him in your lineup. Um, real quick uh, story on this. My my wife is gone this weekend, um, and I was putting the kids to bed last night. I had the NFL Network on, Pharaoh, for the pregame uh, of the Thursday night football game. And as I was – I got the kids asleep, got them to bed, went out to the living room. And I saw the game had already started, and I said, "I said, wow, this game is it's moving along pretty good. Eight minutes already off the clock. The Chiefs already have a field goal, and they got the ball back. Wow, okay. So I was tucking in, watching it for two or three minutes. I'm like, hey, Kadarius Tony, another catch. Boy, two weeks in a row, he got off to a quick start. Uh, maybe, maybe this this will be big here. And then I'm I'm freaking out because I'm like, wait a minute, I got Edwards Alaire all over the place. I, I don't think I started him in time for this game. Did I screw up? And then I, I go to the KFFSC.com like. Why does Kentucky have him down for playing the Jaguars at one o'clock on Sunday? I'm watching them right now, and that's when it hit me. Never flip the channel over to Prime Video to watch the Panthers and the Falcons. Heart attack, crisis averted, and I enjoyed the game last night. So it, it ended up working out. Uh, hilarious stuff. Um, now, for, for you know, Balky, there's something hilarious. You know, we we might need to go to some news monitor and check and make sure there's no breaking news. It was our, we have. We have no comments in the comment room. We don't, I don't yeah, know that is weird. I don't know where the professor is. I don't know where the Dizzle is. Um, yeah, Trevor Holt's probably off somewhere having a beer. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea where everyone is. But you know, I don't know either. We're winging it, buddy. We are winging it. Um, yeah. th- if if there's anything that drives the comments, it's bringing in a really super intelligent, Let's successful fantasy football Let's player. Without further ado, let me bring him on. Uh, he's been grinding. High stakes fantasy sports since the early 1990s. He's amassed more than a dozen five figure finishes, but has yet to achieve the ever elusive six or seven figure payday. This uh, this year, he has his sights set on the million dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event. Right now, he's sitting within the top 10 out of uh, more than 4,000 entries. He resides in Belmar, New Jersey, and pretty much the karaoke king of the Jersey Shore, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome him on now. You know him as uh, D. Naughty in the FFPC, uh, but we know him as John Donatio on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. John, a good Friday evening to you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping aboard, there he man. Is. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Very uh, excited to have you I can tell loves Ezekiel Elliott right there. <laughs> He's a big Zeke guy, that guy is. Right? No. All right, so here's the thing. So we have a running joke on the show. Uh, John, that that two of our um, two of our more famous guests, one one sort of like a quasi co-host, Dave Tripoli, who loves his Eagles, Darren Armani, who lives in Philadelphia, also loves his Eagles. They love to come on and trash Ezekiel Elliott. I'm assuming we're not going to hear anything positive from you about one Ezekiel Elliott tonight. You won't hear anything positive from me, but I will say I'm Philly sports and everything except for football. For some reason, I like the Minnesota Vikings. So, Well, how does that work? How does that work, John? You know, who knows? I think purple was my favorite color when I was seven, and, you know, who knows? But uh, You got to love the loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Um, let's uh, let let's ask you when when you're not hanging out in the top ten of the of the main event, John. What are you doing for a living there in New Jersey? Uh, so I run a, a senior living company, a small company here in New Jersey. I've been doing that for about 20 years and, uh, you know, not my dream job. Wanted to be a major league baseball player, but that didn't pan out. So, uh, how far did you get? Uh, I played uh, single A for a little bit. Yeah. For, with for the you. Giants organization. Yeah. I, I That's pitched awesome. at UNC Charlotte back in the day. So. Where were Very you cool. in single A? Uh, San Jose, California. Oh, yeah. What league is it? Yeah. Uh, Pacific Coast League. Yeah, but that was that was quite that was quite a stadium that you guys. Yeah, had. well, it was it was back in the eighties, so it was before. Oh no, that was not quite a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> was the, a stadium. the the PCL refresh my memory. Right now, that's that's where I mean pitchers go to die. Right, that it's like total. Offense it is. It's totally league. different. Was it, was now, it always yeah. okay? All right, so it wasn't always like that. It was not. No. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, good. This is very so. Uh, another pro, former pro athlete joining the show Love tonight, Farrell. Well, you know, if you had hung around in your career as long as Cordell Patterson did, you too uh, might be in for accolades and you know awards. It's it. What a great you know what a great last few years of his career it's been. And when I saw him return from injury, he inserted immediately into the lineup and did well. You know, he had the Thursday night jinx, the Thursday night flu. It seems like it affects all of these players. Based on what you've seen, and what are you going to be doing with Patterson as you move forward? Well, I will tell you. So if uh, coach speak is real, a lot of these coaches do say that <laughs> if you have a great game the Sunday before the Thursday game, they're going to, like, take your workload and lessen it for that Thursday game. Ah. So I should have listened to that and, and not put him in my lineup because I am pretty stocked at, at running back. But I saw that huge game he had on Sunday and wanted to roll it out on on Thursday. I'm kicking myself right now, but it kind of kind of makes sense. I guess they uh, they asked the players, you know, you want to give it your all on Sunday, and we'll we'll yeah. rest a little bit on Thursday. I mean, think about the Falcons; they have they have three other running backs they can go with. So, uh, kind yeah, of made yeah. makes sense, especially when you consider the age of the player. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so John, let me ask you this then, knowing that he, that Patterson gets the mini buy and he's not in action again until Sunday, the not this Sunday, but the following Sunday when the, the Falcons host the Chicago bears, that's probably a little bit more appetizing. You're probably going to start him again, right? I, I have no reservations about starting him again. He is their, he is their guy down by the goal line, right? He's going to get, he's going to get that work again. I am blessed with, with some other great running backs there with, with Eckler, Kamara, and uh, Kenneth Walker, so I don't have to force him in the lineup. But based on the matchup, I'll probably get him in there. And against the Bears, he'll probably be back in there. Say it again. Say those running backs again. <laughs> uh, Eckler got him at at one seven. Then I came back with Kamara in the second round, and then uh, tenth round is my is hopefully the guy that's going to take me to the promised land. Kenneth Walker. God bless you, man. What a lineup of yeah. What yeah. Congratulations. Now, here's the thing. So um, I think that the question that I've been asking all week to anybody who would would pay me any mind has been on Josh Allen. Um, We we saw that today when he found out the media and the cameras were rolling while he was practicing without a brace or sleeve, but with his elbow taped up, took off running out of there. So he didn't talk to the media. Um, We shall see what's going to happen with him on uh, on Sunday. Right. But. FFPC owners don't may not have the luxury to wait around. I mean, when when waivers go off Sunday morning, 
uh, that's going to be your last chance to acquire a quarterback. And I think a lot of Josh Allen owners are only Josh Allen owners at quarterback and they don't have a backup. So your thoughts here now, John, are you treating Allen as if he's missing this week? And if, if you are going to try to replace Allen in any of your lineups, is Case Keenum a, 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 a viable pickup on Sunday morning? Would you feel okay starting him, given the supporting cast of the Bills, that he could still put up decent numbers? Well, I will say when it uh, pertaining to me particularly, I do have a, a Jared Goff as a backup, and I don't think uh, Case Keenum would, would out, outperform him. So I'm going to stick with Goff if Allen is not playing, right? I'm obviously going to be paying close attention to that. If Allen's a go, I'm going to start him. But I do have golf. Um, Keenum, I think for anybody else out there, you know, you know, there's really not much left out there on the waiver wire. So, you know, he's going to, you know, they, they don't much have much of a running game. So, again, being a Vikings fan, I, I know how you can beat the Vikings. So, um, <laughs> maybe uh, Keenum is, is probably a good pickup for some of the guys out there. Give me three quarterbacks that people will be starting that you would start Case Keenum over. Or are there three? Um. Wow. So... Well, we, we already know Goff. You would play Goff over. Him. I'd play Goff over Keenum. I'd probably play Keenum over um, Ellinger from the Colts, right? I mean, well, uh, yeah. it, but nobody's going to start him. Would you play yeah. him over Carr? Would you play him um, over the Aileen Stafford? Maybe over Stafford because we don't know what what he's what he's got going on yeah, right now. Yeah, that, for, I mean yeah. for sure. Like what, I, I'm just looking at it right now. Um, Stafford has that late game too. So I wouldn't even I wouldn't mess around with it. Farrell, do we know if I know he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday? I suppose yeah. I should really know this. Let's but if he didn't practice today, I don't think I don't think he's playing. Let me ask you this, um, John: uh, Case Keenum or Jacoby Brissett against the Dolphins? I like I like Brissett this week. I think uh, when we get to talking in the, into sleepers, one of my sleepers this week is going to be uh, Pe- Peoples Jones, right? So I think mm-hmm. uh, that game could shoot out. I think. Uh, Xavier Howard might have to shadow Amari Cooper, which would suck for me because Cooper's one of my uh, one of my standout uh, wide receivers. But I think uh, Brissett should definitely be bumped up the charts. So I have him uh, well ahead of Keenum. Well, let let's stay in Miami and let me talk to you about this. Um, all along with the with two of my favorite players, and and first of all, if you have played. For the San Francisco 49ers in the last three years, you have wonderful job security in this league. That coaching tree and its branches and its front office is rewarding these players. And I thought that I was really, really smart as my uh, proverbial shares of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, Mostert being one of my all-time favorite running backs. Their, Their situations kept improving and improving weekly. And I began to see, hey, I've got a couple of number two running backs here. And I'll be damned if they don't somehow end up on the same team, which makes neither of them a number two. And and I guess both of them a number three. Wilson, uh, Balky and I have taken the thing, let's just wait and see about new acquisitions through this wild trading period that we're in. And a couple of times that's been the right decision. A couple of times we've been burnt. And I think mm-hmm. Wilson kind of burned most owners last week out snapping most I think, in this upcoming game, both backs will be needed, but nobody really cares what I think. Well, Johnny D, tell us your thoughts on Wilson and Mostert. Well, you know, Wilson just just came in and, like you said, outsnapped them right right off the get go. So, to me, the trend is going towards Wilson on that one. So, uh, 
again, maybe wishful thinking because he's actually one of one of my five or six good <laughs> running backs that I have. But um, he's 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 not going to see my starting lineup this week. Unfortunately, maybe I should have started him over CPAP. But uh, um, yeah, I think the, the the trend is Wilson over Mostert right now. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. There's a lot of things I wish I would have done. Yeah, after I see Thursday night football for sure. Um, we're talking with uh, John Donati of the fifteenth uh, place team in the FFPC main event here uh, to begin action in Week Ten. All right, so this is now Farrell. You think you think the running backs were luxurious on John uh, John's <laughs> roster? DK Metcalf is in your lineup right now. You have Michael Pittman on your bench now. Yeah, your thought process here may just be like, look, bulky. I'm loaded at running back. Okay. I don't have room for all these great receivers. And I guess maybe if, if you're not an Ellinger guy, then then Pittman becomes the sit on quite frankly, a loaded lineup here, John. Yeah, that that's exactly what it is. It's, it's basically more on the quarterback there. I, I like Pittman. He was my third round pick, but uh, I'm going to have to sit him with Ellinger as his, as his quarterback. Well, they got a new coach now. I'm hoping this coach is a veteran guy and he wants to bring back in Matt Ryan is giving them the best chance to win. And I think Pittman's pr- production will go go back up, but uh, right now for this week, that game, uh, you know, what is it, the, the Germany game, right? Hopefully, that's more of, more of a shootout there with uh, with with Metcalf, and uh, I, I sneak him into the end zone and then maybe score some more points than Pittman. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Wasn't an easy decision; it's probably my toughest one, but I'm going Metcalf over Pittman. Boy, that did, Pittman did just it just breaks your heart and Pierce. Pierce, I think, right now becomes a no play, but there is hope, gentlemen. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it actually, who's going to call the plays for Jeff Saturday? Did either of you see this? It's it's a young man, uh, uh, Parks Frazier. Parks Frazier, uh, who Kentuckians are familiar with because he was a backup quarterback, and when called upon, he did well at Murray State University. And he's 30 years old, and he's never called plays in an NFL game, and he was the assistant quarterback coach, and he probably knows this quarterback better than anybody on that team. So, you know, there's reason for hopes. God bless him. I, I just I just love it. It's got one of the greatest stories uh, that could possibly work. And you know what? If it's going to work against someone, it'll work against the Raiders. So, you know, I, I, it's uh, – but, yeah, I, I agree, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for me, some of us do not uh, have the luxury. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this too. I'll say this. Uh, Parks Frazier celebrates his 31st birthday a week from Sunday too. So there this maybe go. could be a, a very early birthday gift um, as he makes all the right calls. Yes. Well, he's, and- he's like every damn 30 year old. He's going to Vegas for his birthday. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Fellas, I tell you somebody that I would be setting a lot of receivers for this weekend. And that is uh, our good friend, Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, and, and Bonky, thank you for letting me have this question. He, he goes up against the Detroit Lions, who, you know, say what you will about the Detroit Lions play. Uh, you know, those defensive backs, I see them make some good plays. And then you see the one play and you go, what happened? <laughs> and it it's – in time, it will come. And there's been coaching changes on both sides of the ball in Detroit. And, you know, they're trying to work it out. I don't think they're going to work it out against the Chicago team, which is emerging against a quarterback that's going to get it. John D., for future and especially for Sunday, how do you see Claypool 
fitting in. I know there were like 27 snaps last week, but I think they were, I think they were quality snaps. And I think more well, is 20, 27 snaps for a guy that just came onto the team is, is yeah. impressive to me. So I got to think he's going to be trending upward. Uh, and he got and six just, targets on those 27 yeah. snaps too. So yeah. they, they want to use him. They do want to use him. Uh, Mooney Mooney had a good game, so he's not going anywhere as well. But what what they give up a second round pick for Claypool, so right. they have to get him involved. Um, I I hope he does well this week. Um, not too well because I don't have him in my lineup. He's one of the guys <laughs> I have on my team that's on the bench. But, Jesus, uh, how many? <laughs> do they let you draft twice in each? Riches, I know. I Is know, there some but... rule that's going on with you out here that I'm not aware of? Yeah, you know, you know, you need the depth in this in this league here. I'm going. I'm going for that for that million. You know, so the, the Bears. Took, the Bears. My girlfriend to a World Series game. She's a big Phillies fan as well, but. She's an Eagles fan, so I got to get her to the Super Bowl. Oh, well. there you go. Yeah. So, um, I need that perhaps perhaps uh, the uh, uh, John Donatio was also the recipient of an extra second round pick, much like uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were. <laughs> yeah. It's, Chase Claypool. He's getting compensatory picks from somewhere, <laughs> and I don't know what. Um, all right. So, so let's talk about uh, speaking of receivers, let's talk about the Titans here. So, Robert Woods sort of becoming an, an afterthought with Malik Willison at quarterback. Uh, in in the uh, in the Titans offense, Traylon Burks is due to come back. I think there's a possibility he comes back this Sunday. Um, why is there a good reason, if there is at all, to keep Robert Woods rostered on high stakes leagues right now for you, John? Well, again, just just for for uh, for depth, I guess. Um, you know, nothing more than a than a wide receiver five or six at this point. Maybe use him for a bye week or an or an injury here and there, but. We know what this time of the year starts Derrick Henry season, right? I mean, he's going to be plowing his way through the defenses. Uh, He usually gets that going in mid-November. So um, I don't see Woods being too too big in the plans there with Burks coming in. So, um, you know, hold on to him as as depth, but that's about it. You're not going to play him much. Mm, You know, that that, – uh, the Burks Woods combo is um, near and dear to uh, Balky, myself, and Dave Turp. I'm so glad to know Burks is coming back because there's some sort of guilty pangs. I was worried hmm. that Woods would eclipse Burks in this head-to-head race while you know we were busy uh, with Woods on the field and Burks on IR. <laughs> I, my conscience is not as guilty as I thought it would be. Let's just let's just uh, put it that way. Um, wonderful Wandell Robinson, Kentucky's gift to the NFL. Um, Wandell, I expected more. I expected him to play on a team that would not be successful. Now I'm glad to see that with what we are getting mm-hmm. with Wandell on the field, that it's it's quality targets, quality snaps. Um, your thoughts about this player moving into the end of the season is he's no longer what you, you know, when you get to double digit games in your rookie year, you're no longer a rookie and this guy's getting there. And I I think he has unlimited skills Is quarterback skillful enough to get the ball to him. Uh, is the, is the Matt is, you know, they lost a marvelous tight end there in New York, a variety of reasons why Robinson should do well. Is he going to Johnny B? 
Well, this this week, obviously, it's going to be a Barkley game, right? We're going up against Houston, so uh, you know the way to beat them is, is with the run. But again, Balky doesn't like to talk about Thursday games, but Thursday yeah. we saw Goddard get a lot of action against against uh, Houston last Thursday, right? So um, the Giants don't have that luxury; they don't have a Goddard, right? Their 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 stud tight end Bellinger just just went down, so. Maybe Robinson steps up and gets all those targets. So I do think he's going to have a good game. Um, the the, the uh, Vegas line on that game seems a little off to me. It seems a little bit low. That the, the, I, I thought the Giants would be, uh, be at least a seven-point favor, but they're only about a four, four-and-a-half. So Vegas thinks it's going to be close. Maybe they're thinking Houston's going to try to shut down Barkley and open it up for Robinson. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I, if I had him as a, as a, as a flex, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't be against that. Right. So I think he's going to have a decent game and then going forward, I think he's going to be their main wide receiver. So he's, he's okay. Yeah. And I think you're right. And, and, and I like him down the stretch this year. I mean, there's a reason that, that I hung on to him and, and many FFPC players and KFFSC players have hung on to him as long as they as they did you know waiting for him to get healthy and now we're we're starting to see the fruits of of the labor there coming into fruition that that Wandale Robinson is probably and Kenny Galladay comes is probably coming back this week oh, I'm not worried about Galladay at all man this is Robinson season and yep. and I'm excited for it and I'm very excited to see what he's able to bring to the table for high stakes players um and players like myself going forward a couple of emails here uh, for you John Freddie in Detroit hey John James Conner or Gerald Everett in a football guys league this week. Great season so far, man. That is Freddie in Detroit. Now, interestingly enough, that's a tough these, one, Johnny D. Both both these guys are four twenty five uh, uh, players. Conner, I don't believe he might be questionable, but I I definitely know he's not a game time decision this week. But this he, is interesting. He's off. He's off the uh, the injury. Off the injury report. report. Okay, so there you go. In a while, so I'm definitely going to go with. With Connor there, he he's it, right? He is he is the guy. He just gets the ball near the goal line. I love guys like that, right? So he's going to be anything close. He's going to be getting those touchdowns. So um, yes, we do know that the Chargers don't have much to throw to anymore. So Everett's going to have a decent game, but Connor's the guy you want in that situation. The um, situation that I'm looking at here for the Cardinals game. They are three-point dogs uh, in Los Angeles. The Chargers are going to be – where are they on my list here as I scroll through? And I can't find them, which is normal for this show. They're at San Francisco. They're, right. they're getting seven in a 45-and-a-half total game. So I get what you're saying, too. And, like, I you know, I get questions like this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. And I always usually say when it's close like this go with the guy with the volume. And and I would imagine that James Conner is going to touch the football more than Gerald Everett on Sunday. Farrell, let me throw this question to you. Tight end premium league, would you still be able to to, to feel good about starting Conner over Everett? Well, you know, I'm an Everett guy in this situation. It's very important that everyone listen to me because, you know, John in the main event is 15th. I'm 2,400th <laughs> right now. And it, it's very important. But, I, I can see that logic of Connor, uh, and I think it is due to my naivete and uh, inexperience with Connor as a player. I do very much like Everett uh, in this game. If you look, and, and Johnny D knows this because we're big Eckler guys, but Eckler's been doing it through the air, and when, mm-hmm. when uh, and and so uh, has Everett. 
And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Eno Benjamin, uh, I like the way he runs the ball. I just have a lot of questions with the problem with Murray. I just have a lot of questions about what will be going on down there at the desert. And despite despite the head coach uh, with the Chargers and some of his clock management and decisions on the field, I, I seem to like that team a little better. But um, I would probably defer to the current 15th placeholder in the FFPC. Hard to argue. You touched on a key point there with Murray's leg injury, so he's not going to run. So there's a little bit more running for Connor to, to come his way. So Great point. That, that pushes it more towards him as well. Um, uh, other email we have here for you, John. Uh, Alan in Albuquerque. Alan Albuquerque. How about that? Al Albuquerque. I think he used to be a relief pitcher for the yes. second of that. There yes. you go. Uh, maybe it's him. I don't know. What's up, John? Am I crazy to want to play Zay Jones over Najee Harris this week? <laughs> On the surface, I would say, yes, you're crazy. Then I look at it. Okay. Zay Jones going to Kansas City where there's significant dogs in a in a – game with a total over 50 versus Najee Harris, who's losing snaps to Jalen Warren, who's going to be going up against the Saints at home in a game that's barely topping 40 as a total. I think the correct answer here is you are not crazy. But the real question should be, should he be starting Zay Jones over Najee Harris this week, John? Wow. You know what? I don't have them near each other in my flexes. I have, I have Najee ahead of him. So I might, I might have to look a little bit more close at that because you are right. He is losing snaps to Jalen Warren. And he Uh, never catches anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I, I have to look at that one a little bit more close myself, but I still think, I mean, Najee Harris is the guy right now, so let's let's give him the ball. Let's stick with him. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, and this is the danger. You know, D- Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, former co-host of the show, always pointed out he never liked Michael Turner because they always viewed Michael Turner as an accumulator back, where he just he he gets all this volume and he turns it into something. But if he doesn't get those touches, he, he doesn't. It, it's it's not a worthwhile second round pick or third round pick or whatever Turner was back in the yeah. day. And and I was talking with. Um, Josh Hayes from Rotoballer on the High Stakes mm-hmm. Fantasy uh, Football Show on BSN on Wednesday, and he and I don't think he brought this up himself. I think he got this from somebody else. But he said if you compare the career of Najee Harris over his first year and a half to another Cleveland running back named Trent Richardson over his first year and a half, Ooh. there are some similarities wow. there, which is alarming. Um, that is I think very it's too, alarming. I, I think it's I, I think it's too early to 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 start hitting the panic button. But let's just say my fingers are inching towards it in Dynasty, where I have Najee Harris right now. That is how I feel uh, about it. Farrell, I'm out of emails for John, so we just have one final question for him. John, you've teased us with one of your sleepers, which I don't know. I don't feel comfortable letting you lose, use that player as a sleeper that you talked about at wide receiver. But if you don't have another one in line, I'm going to let you do it. However... I got to hear who's going to bust since you obviously have no bust ever in your lineup. This could be the more difficult question for you as, uh, but nevertheless, John, congratulations on your success this year. You put together yeah. a wonderful team. And although we tease about you having extra draft picks, anybody with your foresight and skills could have made those picks. They just don't have your foresight. And skills. So, good job. <laughs> so um, please tell us the bust we should keep on the bench. And give us a real sleeper. I mean, I I threw out Keelan Cole. You can't use him, but that's that's a sleeper. Okay, carry on. Yeah, I would say, and I really have no other reason to say this other than probably just a 
conviction just to not not reward the guy for being such a baby. Brandon Cooks. Let's mm. keep him on the bench. Right? I mean, they're, they're probably going to need him. to be. Uh, <laughs> well, they're probably going to need him, but I, I, I don't know. I don't want to reward the guy for being such a baby. And, and, and I'll tell you this. It's not like he's been rewarding fantasy owners. He has not had more against targets, but he hasn't had more than six targets since week four. We're heading into week 10. So it, it, it used to be the whole thing with Cooks is like he's quarterback proof. He's OC proof. He's offense proof. He's head coach proof. He's, he's team proof. He's all this proof because he always put numbers up wherever he was. New Orleans, Los Angeles, New England. He always put up numbers. And I think there is a warm, fuzzy feeling that you have when you drafted Cooks as your third or fourth receiver because you knew yeah, it's not, not going to be an MVP candidate, but he's going to put up numbers. And he hasn't been doing that this year. Right. And and I and I think to to say, um, it, listen, I, I'm 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 feeling a little skittish about starting him, and, and let's keep him on the bench this week. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, uh, you know, and knowing you, John, you probably have all these different players that you could play ahead of him anyway. Um, but but the thing is with with Cooks, it's like. The warm, fuzzy feeling that you had on draft day, we're living in a different universe right now. Yeah. And and to sit cooks, I, 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 I makes sense to me. Good. Yeah. And you saw uh, Houston stay tough with the Eagles with Damian Pierce without cooks. So maybe this is Pierce's time to shine. So. Could be. At least for one half. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about yeah. a sleeper for us, John? Uh, okay. So, you know, I, I said Donovan People Jones. I think All right. Hold on. Opinion. Actually, let me stop you right there. Let's do one more email here because because I know you said Donovan Peoples Jones. Let's put it let's put no, it in right. tangible terms here. This is from um, Billy in North Hollywood, California. Here's something I thought I'd never email you before the start of the season: Donovan Peoples Jones in Miami or Allen Robinson hosting the Cardinals. Thank you and thank you for mm. listening, Billy in North Hollywood, California. Is Peoples Jones starting for you over Allen Robinson this week, John? Yeah, for a few reasons. One of them being Stafford's questionability there with, mm -hmm. with, with the Rams. So, um, and just looking for a shootout there in Miami. So I think uh, if Xavier Howard's on my man Cooper, um, Peoples Jones is going to get at least two big looks for, for, for a bomb and get, and probably hit one of them. So, and you uh, know what? He's yet to score a touchdown this year. So, Johnny, yeah, I, I kind of like that element because. Okay. I, I kind of like that element that he's a sleeper touchdown scorer, so I am now allowing that to be give, here. Right? Give me a shout-out next week if it happens here. We will. Right here. There Just real go. quick, um, 49 and a half is the total on that Browns-Dolphins game, so you yeah, can be on, that on with that uh, shootout-type thing, uh, John. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I guess one more sleeper would be uh, Mac Hollins. I think I heard you guys talking about yeah. him earlier, but, I, you know, it's – not much left there with, with, with the Raiders. You know, they have Devontae Adams, but I think uh, Hollins is going to get some work. And it's and you think about, too, I mean, no Jacoby Myers, no Garrett Wilson this week because of buys. All, the Jamar Chase is already going to be out with injury, but no T. Higgins, no Tyler Boyd. Rashad Bateman's out for the year, so you won't have him. So there are some some issues at receiver this week, uh, too. And, and if you're looking for help, Matt Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones certainly would help. And yeah. a guy who's always certainly a help to all of us in setting our lineups is the 15th place team in the FFPC main event, John mm -hmm. Donatio, who's creeped up in the top 10 after last night's action. John, appreciate you uh, spending your Friday night with us. Good luck the rest of the way. Hopefully you can get your, it, you said it was your girlfriend's team was the Eagles, right? Absolutely. Yep. yep. Okay. So, so, so either her or the Vikings, Vikings or Eagles, either one of them. We're just, going to Arizona. So. Vikings and Eagles in the NFC championship. And it's going to be a happy Super Bowl for you guys. There you go. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Dude. Thank you guys. Great time.
Take you care. Got it. You got it. John Donatio, the 15th place team in the FFPC Great, main yeah. event. Uh, looking, looking up or looking down at more teams since uh, after last night, he's a little bit higher uh, than that. We'll see how that happens um, over the course of the rest of week 10. But great to talk to him. Good insight. Um, and I, I think the thing we need to figure out is, is how do you get extra draft picks in the main event next year? Yeah, wait, that's, some that's story key. picks. To the, something's happening there. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's nefarious in any way. I just no. think that, you know, he's, he's drafting against some guys and he's putting some sort of weird Philly mojo on uh, these guys and, and just, so let me, I, Farrell. I want to do this right now, and this is probably something I should do before the before the start of every interview. But I do want to take a look at at John's um, at John's fifteenth uh, uh, place roster here that that he yeah, well, has. You know, and we were teasing about it, but in all seriousness, he can't get. He doesn't really know who the sleeper is because he's never had to have one. Right. right you know, the yeah. guys he's not playing are everybody else's number two and three receivers. Right. You know, he's talking about Matt Collins. Well, I started Matt Collins three weeks in a row. <laughs> I also started when he scored 30 points. And I, I will say this. When I was forced into a situation this year in the spring in one of the never too earlies of drafting Case Keenum as one of my three quarterbacks because I was pushed around in there by the other drafters taking all the quarterbacks. So finally, I said it. He would start before the year. Here we are in week 10. I had Case Keenum. <laughs> going to lead my team in the never too early to victory. So, um, and so, so, we, so you already mentioned he has Josh Allen at quarterback. Jared Goff, if if Goff, or if Allen can't go, he'll play Goff. But the the running backs are filthy. Kenneth Walker, the Magic Cord, Cordero Patterson, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Jeff Wilson, uh, Khalil Herbert is his number six, which is pretty <laughs> filthy. Um, Amari. So the receivers too. I mean. Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool, Tyler Boyd, and then for good measure, Odell Beckham for when he's playing for a million bucks in, in weeks uh, week 17. That will help. I uh, say, oh, he must have not drafted a good tight end. No, his tight end went 10 for 90 last week. It's TJ Hawkinson. He's also mm-hmm. got Dawson Knox behind him. And uh, uh, the Bills defense, who has been pretty awesome all season. That, that's his weak point because there's been – it's been feast or famine with Hawkinson. He's had two weeks of feast, and that's helped him in the overall. Uh, Dawson Knox has not been a fantasy contributor this year, although mm-hmm. a hell of an NFL player. And he's benefited from the fact that some injuries have gone his way, and it appears that the only thing that hasn't gone his way has been what's going on in Indianapolis, which has an opportunity to cure itself, uh, from at least from a fantasy perspective, with Pittman this week so so i like what he did he he it appears he went earlier on running backs and then took value at receivers and every receiver he took are guys that that i really like and and he's probably been playing them at the right time and you know now is the right time to play boy he actually he started off as is um he was in the seventh spot in his draft um eckler and camara so went running back running back got Pittman as he said in the third round josh allen is who he took in the fourth Yep. DK Metcalf, and then Hawkinson in the sixth. So he had he had mm-hmm. his quarterback and his tight end um in, in the fourth and sixth. Then he went Cooper. He went with Dawson Knox in the eighth um to, to try to double up. It has obviously has not worked out with that Knox pick. But then Patterson and Kenneth Walker in the ninth and tenth. Boom and boom. Tyler Boyd and Chase Claypool in the eleventh and twelfth. He gets Herbert in the in the thirteenth as well. So clearly um it, it was a very strong draft. 
for John mm-hmm. Donatio, no question at all. He took the value almost in every draft round. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what you need to do. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, if the fantasy Easy. owners in your draft are going to give – Dave Terp said that. He's like, you know, it's only value if you take advantage of it. If you didn't do it when you drafted your first team, draft more teams. You know, exactly. You Practice know, you, makes you, perfect. Yeah. Um, Jason in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, is uh, our next emailer. Which road quarterback should I roll with this week, Farrell? Kirk Cousins in Buffalo or Trevor Lawrence in Kansas City? Thanks, guys. That's mm. Jason in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, both of these guys should have positive game scripts as I look at. Now, I think both of these games are right around 50. Uh, Jags and Chiefs, 51 and a half. The Jags are getting nine and a half in that game. The Vikings and Bills, ooh, that's only 42 and a half. Vikings only getting three. I think I might like Lawrence here over Cousins. No, I don't think you do. No? Lawrence has had his issues, and this game is at the Chiefs, which is a difficult place to play. The defense is coming together. The pass rush is coming together. Lawrence has looked confused for a long, long time. He bounced back a little bit in this last game. You know, it's it's, – Kirk is just a fantastic receiver. Um, Etienne will be involved. I really, really like Cousins. Okay. Even though it's on the road against Buffalo. Yeah. I, I like Cousins to step up in a game that, that Minnesota has to prove that they're a contender, that their record so far is real. They get into some games – they they, they they want to invite the competition to come back in. I think the Bills will score. Uh, it'll be a, a chase position for Cousins, and I think he'll answer the bell. And I really, really, we talked about it. I love what Hawkinson brings to this team. Everybody says that this offense didn't utilize a tight end, and I argued that they didn't have a real, real stud tight end to utilize, and now they have one. Uh I like Cousins here. I like the the veteran presence versus, you know, I, I just think it was an awful October for Trevor, and I'm I'm not going to say that that uh, that that snake has been removed from his pocket. Okay, all right, I get. It. I mean, it's close for me, and I I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying um, for sure. Uh, I do. I and listen, um, maybe the tiebreaker should be the weapons here, like. Um, Trevor Lawrence is thrown to Christian Kirk, who's been great. But then, like, Evan Engram, and then who's the other guy there? Uh, the, the Joneses, right? Keeping up with the Joneses, Zay and Marvin. Mm-hmm. You have Thielen, Justin Jefferson, best receiver in football, and TJ Hawkinson. I guess maybe the smart money is to go with the guy who has the better weapons there. The running back can catch a few passes. And too. Dalvin Cook can catch passes. Travis Etienne can, too. We, we shall see on, on uh, mm-hmm. how this turns out. Uh, Chris in Columbus, Ohio. Who's my guy this week? Antonio Gibson in Philadelphia on Monday night or Kareem Hunt in South Beach. Yeah. What about Gibson on Monday night football against those undefeated Eagles? Uh, this is um, a game that has a big-time negative game script for Gibson, although he's been catching passes. But the Commanders are getting 10.5 totals, only 43.5. Farrell, I don't know about you, but it just seems like Kareem Hunt, he, he just hasn't been used as much as he was at the start no. of the season. And 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 I think that Gibson is trending upwards. You know, the the Antonio Gibson roller coaster ride this year of oh he's the man. Oh now they drafted Robinson. Uh, oh, oh now Robinson shot. Oh okay, okay now now Gibson is is stinking it up and can't hold on to the football. Okay now Robinson's not really crushing it. 
and and Gibson's been the guy. It's it's been crazy this year. I, and I think I'm I think we're crescendoing here. I think I'm going to go with Gibson here in this game over Kareem Hunt. I love your decision, and I you know you've been a champion of this player for some time now. We had no one on the podcast that would join us and ever take up this right. know, the flag for this player. And that's why he was, he, he was 11th or 12th. Did we establish that by the time we got to Las Vegas, 11th and 12th? Wow. Yeah. Uh, but now each of them, if you look statistically, each of them have just topped about 300 yards. So, but, but the momentum is in the favor of Gibson and gosh, Hunt is a skillful runner, uh, but I'm looking for a player Maybe I'm looking for a situation with more will than skill. And I, I think Gibson has the will. I think this, it, it, you know, there's something going on here with this young quarterback. He's exciting. He raises the level of the team. He can only raise them. There is a ceiling there. He can only raise them so high. Uh, this is a big, big Monday night game, uh, interdivisional game. Let's roll with Gibson. Um uh, because I have appreciation of that Dolphin defense as well. Let's roll with Gibson. Rolling with Gibson is what we're going to tell uh, Chris and Columbus to do. What will we tell Tyler in Las Vegas to do? He's got a tight end decision. Noah Fant or Jawan Johnson, fellas. Thank you for the email and for watching, Tyler. We certainly appreciate it. Now, I had to roll with Jawan Johnson in a couple of leagues last week where uh -huh. um, Mark Andrews, I, I was trying to you know wait it out as long as I could. And then by the time I knew um, the waivers were already done and Jawan Johnson was the guy I picked up and who was playing against the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Yeah. And you look on the surface like, oh, you know, he had a decent game, like two for 42 and a touchdown. Okay, double digits, sure. Well, that late touchdown was kind of a, I don't want to say garbage, but it was just kind no. of whatever. And he Fantastic had one catch physical play of balance and speed. It, okay, yes, he, he looked very athletic on it. But my point is he had two catches in the game. Then you have uh, you have to consider that he this week, um, no, uh, beg your pardon, um, Juwan Johnson is taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game, not that I know I've been dwelling on the totals a lot uh, this week. You sure have. But but just over 40, uh, whereas you can have Noah Fant going up against the Buccaneers in a, in a game that uh, is has a total of 44 and a half. Uh, Seattle's getting two and a half, and Fant went five for 96 last week. Maybe it's recency bias, but I don't want to play Fant over Johnson. Okay, yeah, and I, I think you should. What is happening in Seattle? A lot of very, very good things. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I may just have to stay up all night for that game to make sure that I'm there for kickoff. You know, mornings <laughs> are difficult for me. But um, the tight end position, I think we established this earlier on the show. I think it was this show we talked about it. It had to be this show in the FFPC uh, network because I've yet to participate in a Rotoviz show. But nevertheless, uh, the, 50-plus catches from three tight ends. But after a while, Cream rises to the top. And Fant is the best of good contributing tight ends. I like the other two guys, too. But Fant is the best. He's beginning to click with um, uh, this quarterback, Geno, Geno Smith. Yeah. And when you take what both receivers are doing, with Lockett and Metcalf, how good the running game is, there's too much going on there to defend these multiple tight end sets because when fan is catching the ball, he's catching it with the other tight ends on the field. They run three tight end sets over 30% mm -hmm. of the time. So, you know, and Hey, one spring a year and a half ago, uh, we, we had a tutorial on Shane Waldron and we said, well, Hey, 
This is Shane's big chance. He's going to run this offense. He's 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 come up the hard way. He's coached at every level there possibly is. He's going to put together an offense on the field that we're going to love. And now he's finally got it. So yes, if you can get in business with him, because all those other Seattle Seahawks are gone, and Geno was picked up off the waiver wire. Uh, if you can get in business with Fant and you've got him on your roster, get him on the field. And enjoy a beer and perhaps a, a brat or or some sort of uh, sausage and and watch Noah Fant crush it in Munich, Germany mm. on Sunday morning. Maybe not Farrell. I don't know. I don't. I I hope you're up. Oh, I'm, I'll be up. I'll okay, be awake. Right. I'm just okay. not sure how I'm going to get there yet. Okay. <laughs> well, we're glad you got here on the show tonight. It's a pleasure as always. We will do this again uh, next Friday, and I will let you know about a special episode that I'm still yet to book uh, this week. But I'll I'll keep you in mind for that and see if we can make it happen. Well, it, yeah, the um, um, I'll have you call my agent. I'll send over his number and see if you can get something work. My no, people will contact well, your people. You know, uh, you have a lot of great guests on that show, and and I think uh, I think all those shows it's it's best to hear from the players. Mm-hmm. Our time on Friday evening is is most special to me, so I don't want to ruin that with other appearances. I want to be here right. uh, in support of you. And this this guy that emailed us from Las Vegas. Tyler. He should go get on. Um, he should he should get on one of the ticket services and buy tickets to the the Raider Colts game from one of the disaffected Colts fans who bought those tickets and is now selling his. Yeah. So that, that's our other advice that we can have for him. And wasn't our guest great tonight? I mean, John Donati, he's the man. Yeah, tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. You know, um, uh, we'll we'll have a bevy of guests uh, next week on all the FFPC shows for sure. Farrell, if you're not joining me or if you can't join me on any uh, of those other ones, um, we will for sure do this on Friday at 10. Well, and try to find out why the professor was late and try to find out why he's talking about baseball. It, well, he was talking about baseball because because John had that Phillies jersey on. That's no just, reason. John just okay. needed a shirt. What the hell is he doing here? Talking about baseball. <laughs> Any any reason to praise uh, Hudson's Astros? He's going to do it for sure. I see. They're from yeah. Texas. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, Bucky. Be good, Farrell. Talk to you again on Friday, dude. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Uh, check out his uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. I want to thank John Donatio. I want to thank Farrell. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for listening slash watching slash streaming slash downloading. Uh, we will be back. This show will return um, at 10, 9 central this coming Friday. The fifth place football guys place uh, fifth place football guys team owner, Rob Sussman will be our guest at 10, 9 central on Friday. I'm still working on because um, we, I'm actually out of town the, the Thanksgiving week all week. So we won't have any shows that week. So I'm trying to do an extra HSF at Bauer coming up uh, next week as well. We'll keep you posted. Follow the show at HSFF Hour on Twitter, and we'll keep you abreast of, of when that is going to uh, be coming on. I also uh, want to remind you that uh, you should watch the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown with Stephen Rannigan. That was Tuesday night, uh, and a lot of great stuff that he had to say for, for sure on that show. So check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast, or watch the replay here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Um, the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown has two episodes this coming week. On Monday night, the 
28th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Mr. Pink Stripes himself, Mr. Eric, Eric Sisson, will be joining me at 7, 6 Central. So prior to the Eagles and Commanders, you can uh, get everything, uh, you, you can you know fuel up your football appetite for that game with Eric Sisson on the high stakes uh, lowdown. And then Tuesday night, the following night, at the normal 10, 9 Central time, the 14th place uh, team owner in the uh, FFPC main event, Rob Abbott will be joining us on the HSLD. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show will still air on the Better Sports Network. It goes live, as it does every Wednesday at 10, 9 Central on the Better Sports Network app, as well as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and it's going to be yours truly. And Football Guys' esteemed lawyer, Drew Davenport, will uh, co-host the show with me on Wednesday night. Going to be a lot of fun to talk with him. I think the Alvin Kamara case will probably come up uh, at least a couple of times. So that is on Wednesday at 10, 9 Central. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. Play the slim version with 10 players. Play the classic version with kickers and defenses with 12 players. Uh, only one player per NFL team. 35 bucks to enter or $200 if you want to try to play against nine other uh, people and uh, try to win a um, FFPC main event entry for 2023, you can certainly do that at myffpc.com. Remember to like, share, uh, subscribe, comment, and get notified. Uh, and uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, your weekend officially starts now. <laughs> This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, one other thing I want to uh, mention before we uh, we bid you off into uh, that good night uh, for Week 10 Fantasy Football. Uh, happy Veterans Day. It is a uh, Veterans Day today, obviously. I know maybe if you forgot about it, didn't realize it, what have you, uh, make sure that at some point this weekend you go out and you shake a vet's hand, give him a hug or her a hug, tell him, um, uh, tell him or her uh, that their contribution does not go unnoticed and the fact that we can do shows like this and play fantasy football, it thanks in part to them for uh, giving us the freedom to be able to do that. So happy Veterans Day uh, to all the veterans out there, whether you're serving currently or have served. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, remember, 9.30 a.m. kickoff from Munich. Get those lineups in Saturday night or early Sunday morning, everybody. Thanks so much for watching.